We're really popular. We're two episodes in at this point. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and digital patient experience strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we're going to dive deep into a variety of topics on the digital tools, solutions, strategies, and processes that are impacting our industry today. We hope to be informational and also have a little fun along the way. So I'm your host, Chris Boyer, and I'm joined by my co-host, Reed Smith. How you doing, man? It's good. How are you? Doing really good, Reed. Thanks, man. So I guess we're going big time because I, we invested in some new equipment. I'm speaking to you in a new microphone. That's right. Well, we actually have invested in uh, equipment. We have we have overhead now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. And since we have overhead, that means we have bills we got to pay. So you know what that means? If you guys are sponsors, want to sponsor this podcast, we're more than open to talking to you about it. So let us know. We'd be more than happy to feature your ad here. Maybe we should just start doing it and then just send them a bill. Um, maybe that's true. We could start to uh, let those podcasters know or those advertisers know that we're ready to go. So, Reed, um, third time in, many people know who we are, but some don't. So why don't we uh, introduce yourself for us, would you? Absolutely. You can find me online, uh, primarily on Twitter at, at Reed Smith, and that's uh, with two E's. Uh, you can also find me at the socialhealthinstitute.com where I spend my days working with hospitals and healthcare systems around the country on all things digital and social. Cool, cool. And I'm Chris Boyer online at Chris Boyer or my website, ChristopherBoyer.com. And I also spend a lot of time with hospitals and health systems on digital marketing, digital patient experience, etc. And uh, Reed and I have known each other for years, and so we decided that we were going to start a podcast, and now we're into the third podcast. We're three podcasts uh, into it. That's right. Actually, we're probably not quite three podcasts ago. We're, we're two and a two and an eighth ago. <laughs> okay, fair so enough. So far. Yeah, who's counting, right? All right. So anyway, ready to get started? So what are we, ta- what are we, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, today's topic is going to be online reputation management, which is a uh, difficult concept to comprehend and actually is defined by a lot of people a lot of different ways. How would you define online reputation management, Reed? How would I define it? Um, I guess it's, it's really, you know, what is your brand online? You know, so we, we, I think, think about it mostly as ratings and reviews and what you do with those, um, the management part of that equation, I guess. Um, but I think really it's, it's just your all encompassing brand. So how does, you know, how well do you translate what you preach, uh, in person or to the employees, the, the experience you provide, uh, in real life, how does that translate online? Yep, exactly. And, you know, a lot of people have been thinking about online reputation management for quite a while now. But I think that in the digital space, um, social media really kind of drove forward this whole concept of online reputation management, which I think I'm going to call ORM from here on out. So there are many things that comprise 
the larger definition of online reputation management. It's not just SEO, um, which is really important. It's not just social media. It's things like social listening and user-generated content, testimonials and reviews, employee satisfaction, employee advocacy, and community engagement, both offline and online. And then for hospitals, it's something a lot different. There's one part that makes it a lot different than everyone else, which is this whole concept of physician transparency. Um, historically, you kind of talked about it in three buckets. You had patient satisfaction, physician satisfaction, employee satisfaction. Um, and that patient satisfaction piece has been somewhat standardized, I guess, um, through HCAPs. And so different people, obviously different vendors, execute that on behalf of hospitals, uh, Prescani, NRC, Gallup, you know, whoever it may be. Um, and so, yeah, so now it is, um, you know, how do we use that data um, to really bolster or, you know, be transparent about our physician ratings and physician engagement scores and not, you know, leave that up to just, um, you know, consumer review sites, if you will. Yeah. And it's really bringing those ratings onto your own website. Now I've worked at hospitals that have done that and worked with organizations that are going through that. And I think it's a big cultural shift internally for hospitals and health systems to really start talking to doctors about making their ratings transparent online, publishing their press gaining online. Yeah. And I think and just to give people a frame of reference, uh, the first organization to do this, I believe it was like in 2012, was the University of Utah. And so you can check out their website. You can look at the Cleveland Clinic. You can look at Piedmont and Atlanta. And there's, you know, there's probably upwards of, I guess we're maybe getting around 50 or so around the country that do this. Baylor Scott and White uh, out of Dallas. Um Northwell, yeah. And so what you can do is you can go to their websites, go to their physician finder, find a physician profile, and you'll see a star rating. And that is information and data that's coming in from their HCAPS um, surveying process. So, again, taking that data that we have and we've used internally uh, and pretty much only internally uh, for uh, process improvement or whatever and actually putting it out on the web. Uh, and letting consumers use that to make decisions. Yeah, and I think that speaks to an important trend that consumers are becoming more and more uh, interested in using star ratings in a certain way. But I have to say, you know, that star ratings, when you're starting to determine your care, how do you know the mm -hmm. difference between a three-star or a five-star rating? I mean, that to me speaks to a, a much larger shift in the trend towards consumerism. And I would also say that, you know, because of that, starting to wonder, are star ratings useful in the way people consume care or make a decision towards care? It's a great question. Well, to that end, I think that uh, this drive towards physician transparency um, rightfully focuses on uh, the actual freeform comments. I think comments become much more interesting for patients trying to decide care. And so that bringing forward those free form, you know, positive and negative experiences through the words of the patients themselves really takes a higher impact or it has a higher impact than the actual star ratings. I think so. I, you, you obviously, uh, it'll star ratings allow people to digest a lot of information, you know, visually. Uh, I mean, we've seen this with consumer reports, Travel tourism, obviously, has used this for a long time, or hospitality around restaurants, things like that. And so we all already have a preconceived notion of 
uh, let's just say the scale is, you know, one to five stars, you know, what, what is good in your mind? You know, as long as something has above a what, you're okay with it. So we already have that in our mind. And so to your point, I think a lot of the value is going to be taking those verbatim comments. Um, and while you can list them on your website, and that's great, how many is somebody actually going to read through? You know, probably the top few, whatever the most recent ones are, which is great. Uh, but if there's a way to thematically group those or um, not not that a word cloud is the right way to go, but some way to, to, to understand what are people talking about? What are they saying? You know, um, and weight that to some way, I think would be kind of an interesting, interesting look. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but we kind of dove deep into physician transparency. Let's take a step back again and talk about online reputation management in a much broader context. When we look at things like, you know, ratings on third-party websites, when we look at social media feedback, a uh, variety of online and offline feedback, what we see is online reputation management, ORM, is being something that's ever-changing and ever-moving. And it almost becomes too much of... Uh, too, too big of a thing for hospitals to handle. Now, when you talk to hospitals and health systems about online reputation management, read, what are some of the things that you focus in on, kind of give them advice on? I, I think with anything, first you've got to understand, um, well, where are you? You know, what, what, what does the landscape look like now? So if you look at, and, you, and let's just take the primary, I guess, consumer-facing rating sites, you've got Google, or Google My Business, however you want to talk about that, where people can leave a star review and a comment. Uh, you've got Yelp. Again, star review, comment. Uh, and then you've got Facebook reviews. And that is, seems to be the bulk of how I see ratings, uh, reviews, comments coming in about a healthcare system or a hospital. And so what we like to do is, is tell people to go out there and see what's there. Uh, claim those profiles, obviously, so they know what's coming in and, and know and, and are able to respond. And we can talk more about that. But then also, where where does that stand for your region? You know, what what does your score look like compared to your competitors? You know, what both the volume, like how many reviews are you getting and the overall star rating and things like that. And so that's some of what we've done um, with some of the research that we're doing is helping people understand a percentile rank. And that's been really interesting. And to see, you know, because what we've determined is, is um, Yelp may or may not be important in, in your region. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go claim the listing, obviously, and, and engage with the folks that, that leave reviews. Uh, but there are different platforms, obviously, that, that have a bigger impact depending on where you live, uh, what the makeup is, the demographics of your community, you know, things like that. And so we just encourage people to go figure figure out what that is. Ask questions, look. Um, you know, if something seems like, hey, we don't have a lot here, um, do your competitors. If no one does, then that's not a platform that's super important um, in, in that particular market for consumers. Uh, but just to understand the landscape, and then you can kind of build a plan moving forward. So then how do we respond? How quickly? Who does it? What the workflow process looks like and things like that. And then ultimately, how do you measure all that aggregated together? What does that tell you? And most importantly, how does that help you improve uh, something internally? Uh, you know, how does that affect a process?
What? 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 What is news? All right. Now, in our uh, What's News segment, uh, Chris, I noticed you found an article on online reputation management that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, and of course, again, we'll we'll put a uh, a link to this in in the show notes. But uh, it actually comes from the CIO.com site. Uh, healthcare's new challenge: online reputation management. Um, I didn't know it was that new, but this did come <laughs> no. out February the tenth, uh, just a few days ago. So, yep. um, so yeah. So what? Where, where did you where did you see this kind of flow through? Yeah. Well, so first of all, let's put the word new in quotes, right? It's not really that new, but it is something that's kind of important. So tying it back to sort of the uh, topic of our first podcast, the author of this article uh, indicates that online reputation management is a critical part of the overall patient experience, tying it back to you know, your, uh, your overall journey, your overall experience, and how online reputation becomes an important part of defining how patients define you. So the author of this article, and, and let me get his name right here, it is Patty Padmanabon. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting name. Anyway, he goes on to say that um, healthcare consumers are not just taking care of their healthcare decisions. They're weighing in on everything from price transparency to care quality to the demeanor and friendliness of their care providers, and they are expressing themselves on social media. So he references a survey that was done by a consulting firm called Jared Incorporated. Seems like a lot of smart people I know are named Jared, but I'm not familiar with Jared Incorporated. Um, so anyway, in this uh, survey that he uh, references, did you down did you download the survey or the findings? Um, I have to admit, I'm one of those persons that um, was just picking up the highlights, the cliff notes. Yeah, exactly. I didn't download the survey, but there is a link here in the article in which we can do that. So anyway, what he references is until now, the uh, healthcare industry has been focused traditionally on the HCAP scores and some of those other scores that you mentioned before, um, focusing in on those to determine patient satisfaction levels, uh, which, of course, in turn drives financial incentives for hospital systems. But I think rightfully, this author starts to talk about how HCAPS is not uh, you know, a, an adequate system to start to measure the overall patient experience today. Uh, he, re- he references it as the, uh, quote, brutal forces of a competitive consumer-oriented marketplace, whereas um, I wouldn't necessarily call it brutal, but I definitely understand the point that he's trying to so make. Do you, be- do you believe that? Do you believe HCAPS isn't uh, enough? Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, HCAPS is a way to measure patient experience and patient satisfaction after the point of care. Right. And so what that is, is basically, you know, um, looking at the experience after it occurred, which to me strikes me as like something that's very episodic, very singular. Um, and it looks at uh, an event post that event, which is not necessarily a reflection of that overall experience and that overall reputation that that organization may have sure. with that particular patient. Yeah, I think to your point, I mean, obviously HCAPS is, um, or something like HCAPS, a, a measured survey is important. 
and there's a trend element to that and um you know but i think to your point social allows for you know we preach service recovery an awful lot um, in hospitals and you know taking care of things as they happen and giving people the leeway to do that and, and empowered enough to do that social is very much the same way um you know in a lot of cases you only find things out via social media that you wouldn't have otherwise. And in many cases, and you've probably seen this, uh, as we do community management or reputation management for a client, we, we've seen many cases where you can tell by the way it's written that they're still there. So it allows us to fix something in real time and, and create an advocate out of what would have been a detractor, you know, originally if that would have just set or if there hadn't been an outlet. I don't know if it would have shown up on HCAPs or not, but they definitely would have told all their friends and family so now they've got a little bit of a different story to tell. So I think patients nowadays have the ability to provide sort of like that real time feedback. I remember once working in a hospital where a patient tweeted that the hospital lobby smelled, you know, very bad. And I would I would say that that probably impacted the overall reputation and experience of that patient. And I'm and I'm pretty sure that that did not catch up with the HCAP survey that came later. You know, and another thing uh, the author points out is that HCAPS has a problem with people responding to surveys. As we know, that's a traditional thing. So we're not even getting a full scope of all the people that are out there and what those experiences are. I think the big thing here, though, is uh, hyperbolic language of this article aside. In fact, he references that, you know, quote, patients today are letting loose on social media all the time. I think that the the intent of this and the purpose of this is, is the very fact that we have now a variety of tools available that we need to spend more time listening in, responding accordingly, appropriately, and using that um, feedback mechanism as a way to uh, to positively drive insight and change within the hospital system. Well, one thing they mentioned here in the article, um, get your thoughts on, it says most healthcare systems, most, most healthcare systems do not have effective means to capture patient feedback from social media and integrate that data into a multi-channel strategy for patient experience management. Well, yeah. Well, I would say that um, in terms of capturing patient feedback, I think those tools are out there. There are a variety of tools on the market right now um, that allow you to do online social listening and be able to capture that patient feedback. And organizations are, you know, are, are spending time investing in, in these tools. But I think that using that data that they're capturing from these tools and actually integrating that into ways that they can actually respond and change the way they manage their care, manage their business. I think that's where we're falling down as health systems and that most health systems do not have that capability. So re- so really is the second half of that comment then. So most, most healthcare systems do not have effective means to capture patient feedback is probably not really the case. I, I would say most everybody is right. I don't know what, you know, I don't know how you define capture necessarily, but people are, people are seeing things, you know, they've claimed listings, they see the comments and most, in a lot of cases, maybe most cases are responding online and that kind of thing. I think it's to your point, the second half of that, which is the integration piece. So once they respond, that's kind of the end. Right. 
Right. right. And so it's like no, no one is aggregating that data to then let that feed into some sort of strategy development or, or whatever it may be for, um, in this case, they say patient experience management. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really using that data in a way that actually can affect a positive change. It's much more than just responding to like a negative post on social media and saying, oh, I'm sorry, you had a really bad experience. Here's the phone number for our patient care navigator or what have you. It's using that experience in a way that can actually, you could sit down and have these critical discussions and start to positively shift your reputation in, in, um, you know, in, in, in the right ways. You know, I think somebody that would be interesting to take a look at are those that have, or hospitals at least, that have won, or maybe even not hospitals, but those that have won the Baldrige Award in the last couple of years uh, since Baldrige added in, you know, kind of the social media parameters within the application process. Because what they force you to do is look at, um, you know, what's the process around this particular topic, whatever the topic is. And so if it's if it's uh, capturing feedback, you know, one of those questions in there uh, under category three or voice of the consumer is, you know, how are you obtaining feedback from your uh, consumers online? And then how are you using that feedback to influence or change a process? Well, again, it's the same thing. You know, it's easy to answer the first half of that. Well, we have this piece of software. We do this thing. I have this employee, you know, whatever it is. The harder part is, and how does that you know, change process, you know, and it would be really, really great if we could create a sort of almost a real time response to these comments so we can actually intercede when that bad experience is occurring um, to help shift uh, and positively uh, impact that overall experience, which in turn then overall impacts your online reputation. And then imagine even going one step further, which is taking a pass at one particular incident, that one particular, you know, care incident that occurs, uh, whatever that surgery is, or, you know, showing up at the ED, and starting to piece together the experiences over the entire patient um, interaction uh, at the multiple times from inpatient to the primary care to the emergency department, or what have you, getting the data set together so that you can now use that data to uh, start mapping the holistic approach to that overall patient experience. Touch point, touch counterpoint. There are two sides to every story. Ready, fight! This is uh, touch point, touch counterpoint, which is um, uh, the part of our podcast where we, you and I read, take different sides of a particular uh, topic or particular argument, and we uh, take the extreme arguments and we um, kind of debate them back and forth. Um, Today's topic is whether we should trust online reputation management with third-party websites or whether we should be doing it on our own website. Um, and as you know, this is, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with this, this is loosely based on a debate format um, where you know where we take different sides of a particular argument. Very loosely based. 
I think everything we do is loosely based. <laughs> well, yeah, but it works. Lo- loosely based in reality, <laughs> loosely based. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's do it. Uh, one side, should we do it on our own website or should we do it on third party websites? So um, what side of the argument do you think you want to take on this one, Reed, and why? I think we should definitely invest in third party sites. I think, uh, well, so a couple of a couple of points. I think the big one being is there a quote unquote, at least in the eyes of the consumer, maybe unbiased because we don't own that site. Well, let's talk about the bias, right? I mean, how could you even trust these third-party websites? I mean, it seems like every day there's a new rating site that pops up. Rate my doctorexperience.com. How can we even trust one of these things? I mean, we the one the one area which we do know and which is we do know that can be authoritative and unbiased is our own website. How can we trust these third-party sites? I think, you know, to that point, I think if it's done on your own site, you, you run the risk of it appearing to be biased or filtered. Um, you know, you're only keeping the good ones, you know, things like that. You get to kind of dictate the message where if it's a third party site, uh, you know, I think Google has gotten to the place that, you know, people use the word Google like they would, you know, Kleenex or, you know, would you like to have a Coke? So, I think you know, it's it's going to be seen as, hey, Google's just taking everything that comes in, and so this is the real view. Well, yeah, but that's assuming that you're not publishing negative reviews on your own website, which I think you need to publish those negative reviews on your site. Look, if people want to know the experience of the hospital, they're going to go online, and when they come across your hospital website, if you have the positive and the negative reviews, they're going to consider you even more authoritative. It's going to reinforce your reputation and your your brand, particularly if you're showing that you're responding to those negative reviews and you're, um, you know, you're you're actually taking action to improve the overall experience. Well, I'm just saying, I go I go independent third party. Now, the other reason though is um, not just the unbiased nature. But it's the likelihood that somebody's going to find it and they're going to find it in their own path. So whether that be Google or Yelp or they spend a lot of time on Facebook or what have you, people can interact with you the way they would like to versus the way you want them to on your own site. Well, yeah, but you're giving away the farm by doing that. I mean, basically, you're allowing people to go to other websites that naturally that that should be coming to your own website. You should be doubling down on your own SEO efforts by putting reviews, ratings, et cetera, on your own site to allow people to get a, to not only come to your site naturally in their own pathway, but then learn that broader scope of your hospital and your health system. I mean, we know that there's companies right now that are charging hospitals an arm and a leg to sponsor traffic on their own sites. Agree to disagree. I think you've got to, I think you have to have them um, participating on an unbiased source in the way that they want. And then you have to be willing to meet them in those destinations. And that's the whole point of reputation management. So it's, it's doing and meeting the consumer where they want to be versus trying to drive traffic uh, for selfish reasons just because the marketing person wants to. 
But look, anyone can write the reviews on these third-party sites. Your competitive hospital marketers, your competitor physicians could be paying people to go out there and write negative reviews about you on these sites. You can't trust the reviews. Um, The only way you can actually trust them is to vet them on your own website. Crazy identifies crazy. So if people are crazy on these sites, the only people that are going to see it are other crazy people. And they're the only ones that are going to take it, and you don't want those people anyway. Well, I don't know. I kind of get what you're arguing, but I'm not sure I necessarily agree. Look, um, the reviews that actually matter are the reviews that actually hone in on the things that are negative and, and positive. So you might argue that these negative reviews are crazy, but I mean, go look at YouTube and look at all the comments on YouTube. That's like the bottom of the barrel of online reviews. Do you want YouTube reviews on your own website? Yeah, I mean, I love reading the Craigslist ad about the guy selling his ex-wife's wedding dress, but it doesn't mean I want to buy it. Well, yeah, but, you know, just for that very point, I think you need to reinforce bringing them back to an authoritative source online, which is your hospital website. You deserve that. Your patient deserves that because the choice of selecting care is so difficult. You say so. (laughs) All right. Well, maybe there is where we call scene. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I can understand both sides of the argument here, and I've actually heard them um, work in hospitals. Yeah, right? I have to. Right. At, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, I'm still going to advocate for uh, ripping your HCAP scores, putting them on your physician profiles. Well, right. But, you know, I think that also you want to invest in these third party sites. You have to kind of have the perfect balance, which is sometimes hard to do. Um, but uh, I think, you know, that really kind of reinforces the point of, of the two different sides. So anyway, uh, great touch point, touch counterpoint, Reed. Really uh, appreciated arguing with you. That's good. This is our segment, Ask an Expert, and today we have a very special guest on the line with us, and quite quite literally, he is on the line with us. In fact, um, he is driving in his car through some traffic in the D.C. area. Uh, so I um, want to welcome you to the podcast. So Rob, I know you very well, but maybe you can uh, give, a, give a little bit of background about yourself and tell, uh, tell everybody who's listening in who you are. Sure, absolutely. Um... So uh, besides my current state of uh, crossing the Key Bridge into Georgetown right now, um, I am the AVP and, uh, I almost hate to say it, but the Chief Digital Marketing Officer for Anova Health Systems. But I, I came from a variety of different industries, all pretty much within um, sort of the digital marketing, um, uh, you know, sort of space. And so uh, that, you know, functionally, it was a really good fit. Industry-wise, it was brand new. Um, yeah, um, it's something that 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 I've I, you know I've had you know fits and spurts of uh, you know ups and downs, but overall I, I I really enjoy it, and I've got a great team. We basically manage the digital footprint for uh, Innova, um, specifically mm-hmm. web, mobile, social, etc. Um, mm-hmm. across the system, and the system is in Northern Virginia, uh, just outside of Washington D.C. Today, I really want to talk to you about some of the things that. I think that you, that what you're doing at Anova is really exciting. Our topic of this podcast is online reputation management. So let's start with that, first of all, because that topic or that title, right, online reputation management, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. Well, how do you, how would you define it? 
Yeah, that's a really good question because it really does mean a lot of different things depending on who you talk to. Um, I would say, you know, first and foremost, if you're just going to get sort of, uh, you know, macro with it, I would say online reputation is reputation. Right. I mean, that's, that's for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes. That's, these are the tools that people are using to define who you are. Right. And mm-hmm. so in a lot of ways, you can almost say it's reality. There, obviously, like we said, there's a lot of people, um, and a lot of different components that make up, um, reputation management. We can go into that in, in, in a bit, but, you know, I think that, um, it's really what people are saying about you as in your brand, your physician, your, your physicians, your practices, your facilities, wherever that may be, period. And nowadays, wherever that may be is just about always online. So it's right. like this, it's a, it's, it's a word that kind of just has turned into what the reality is. And, and it's funny because in a lot of ways, you know, that is your brand, right? I mean, your brand is what people are saying about you. And that is something that um, in a new way or in a relatively new way, you're not in control of as much anymore. Um, so, you know, sort of how you manage that and how you uh, optimize that is is now something that has to be top of mind because you're no longer in control, right? That's sort of that monologue of, you know, chest puffery is, 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 is long gone. It's now, you know, what my neighbor said and probably even more accurately what my Facebook friend or what Yelp said. Right. Well, you know, it, I would argue that before digital gave us all these tools to be where we could actually start to manage and monitor this stuff, we weren't in control then either. We just didn't hear yeah. about it, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's the, the, the head in the sand, right? And, uh, exactly. There's, there's still a lot of people that believe ignorance is bliss. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and, you know, sometimes, some days I wish it was as well. <laughs> oh, I hear you on that one. I hear you on that one. So, so, so you've been doing a lot of stuff in this space, in in the online reputation space. Tell us a little bit about some of the work at Anova that you've been doing in the last, you know, four years since you've been there. So, you know, when I first started, we'd get you know complaints about, um, you know, a profile on a certain third third party site. And, uh, you know, this really needs to be rectified. And, and I had a tough time really embracing that. I was sort of like, look, we're in charge of these properties, these first-party properties that we own and we operate, we can optimize. Um, whatever happens on these parties is, you know, is, is as good as, um, you know, the effort and the product that we're putting out there. Um, mm-hmm. But I did come around, especially with, you know, a lot of the uh, the maturation of some of the tools out there. But I think that, you know, it's really – you can kind of break it into, like, three pieces, I, I think, for the most part, right? It's like, because, again, it's sort of how you define online reputation. But I think the traditional, like, directory management in terms of the accuracy of your information, right, mm-hmm. whether it's a facility, a physician, on third-party sites as well as your own is critical. I'm talking about is the phone number right, right? right. Is, the, um, is, it a, is it an up-to-date picture? Is it the right address? All of that stuff is critical, and I would say that that is probably the first thing that we tried to address because we knew, you know, having a source of truth and really having control of those properties was important because no matter how good of a, you know, foot we put forth, um, it doesn't matter if it's the wrong phone number, right? So, right. so it was and, – and we felt confident in the product that we have and a lot of the, the programs and the physicians and the clinicians that we have that, you know, if they heard that story, if they heard the real story about what was happening, they'd be able to convert into patients. And mm-hmm. so consequently, you know, sort of um, guarding that funnel 
via the correct, God forbid, the correct phone number was a real way to do that. Secondarily, mm-hmm. I think the second part is really um, kind of that I, I alluded to it a little bit with his around your own owned property, right? So the first party properties. And right. that's been something that, you know, sort of we've wanted to make sure that our own properties were telling the right story, but then also bringing in and optimizing those profiles um, with, you know, things like, you know, transparency initiatives with ratings and reviews and what have you, sort of really like put more meat on the bone of what our site and what our properties could bring to sort of the discovery process or due diligence process, right? But what what can you do to enhance what you do own? Um, and that's been sort of the second piece. And that's, we've spent a lot of time on that. And that's, you know, these are not sort of linear in that they begin and then they end, of course, just like anything else within our space. Um, but then the third one is really that sort of third-party optimization. And that's um, that's something that, that, that we have, have done um, fairly well. We've embraced it, and uh, that's a journey, though. I mean, that's a real cultural shift uh, because, you know, the first thing you do is you got to just be, you know, move from that head in the sand to what are people saying about us. Uh, but secondarily, then you've got to act on it, right? You've got to operationalize it. It's got to be meaningful. Um, and that's sort of the stage where it requires a real cultural change. So I would say that's probably where we are, but awareness is how you build that momentum to get there, right? So from a physician, administrator, you know, any clinician, um, and awareness of what people are saying about you and not just what people are saying about you via, you know, Press Ganey or your first-party survey, but on any site. Um, That's how you sort of – that's how you build that momentum. And so that they say that, wow, this is real. This isn't just this, somebody said something nasty, this episodic, you know, somebody clean this up for me. It's making it part of your everyday assessment of performance. And, uh, and, and in order to do that, that, that requires, you know, complete system and operational buy-in, which, you know, you, know, you probably, you know, you know, I know, is mm-hmm. not something that I myself can take on, right? So um, what, what we're doing is it's sort of like an internal marketing campaign to build that momentum, and the first step in that is awareness. What are what are some ways that you would recommend for people that are starting down this path, or maybe you know even partly down this path, some of the things that they could do to begin to you know help um, bring the the rest of the organization along? So I would say that that, that really you'd want to start with the accuracy um, because. You know, that, that is still everything. And once, and there is a lot of overlap between accuracy and this sort of th- third party optimization, right? So you're going to be touching on a lot of the platforms. And if you could track the efficacy of, you know, improving your accuracy of your profiles, whether it's a physician or a facility, um, then that will shed light on these properties as impactful in terms of how people are discovering and deciding which facility, physician, or program to visit. Um, the other thing that I would say is, you know, don't get caught in, and I got caught in this a lot, right, in the argument of these are not legitimate properties, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, when you bring up some of this, there can oftentimes be an argument, well, we shouldn't pay attention to these because they're not reflective of reality, Right or mm-hmm. they don't they don't have the they're not they're not the principled um, destinations right that that have the right data sets that are reflective of our real patients et cetera et cetera all of that could be completely true 
And that is not the point of any of this, right? The point of that is, is that they exist. This is how a lot of people are finding um, care. But where do you, you know, if you were looking at a crystal ball, where do you think it would be in the future? What do, what do we have to worry about next year? You know, I, I'm not. I'm not sure from like a from a technology perspective. You know, mm-hmm. sort of what the next uh, you know platform or venues. I mean, I think there's probably going to be ways that people can connect, maybe a little bit more um, uh, concisely with their networks versus you know this sort of the the you know the anonymous droves of people who are you know trashing or embracing you know ex restaurant or hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's probably going to be some better ways to sort of ping your friends. And um, I think a lot of that, you know, I geek out about all this, you know, all the chatbot stuff. Um, and I think that there's really interesting ways to, um, I think there's a future state of properties like Yelp to be mm-hmm. sort of part of conversations amongst friends. And I think mm-hmm. that's a real sort of, uh, you know, forgive the phrase paradigm shift, right? I mean, I think, you know, they become part of the conversation as a bot, so to speak. I think that's kind of fascinating. But I think operationally is really the, the biggest question from the health system side of things and the mm-hmm. provider side of things. Because, uh, you know, once you get past awareness, like we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, with, with your administrators and with your clinicians, you then have to, uh, you know, as we said, embrace things operationally. And then once you embrace things operationally, the problem is then you have to, you know, sort of have that dialogue with the community with the public. A lot of times what people do is the, the order is awareness. Then they start to respond to people publicly, you know, a response on Google or a response on, and I'd like that. I have a real problem with that just, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the, the cadence because I, or the chronology there, because I feel like you've got to have a plan in action. There's got to be some real meat on that. If you are going to say that, Oh, thank you. We take that comment to heart. You better be sure about that. Right. right. You better actually have a plan behind that. Because if you don't, then you have an opportunity to have a real crisis on your I think the future is also, you know, a single view of what people are saying about me, my practice, my facility. That is, you know, versus, oh, I've got this, you know, this score from our, 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 our surveys, and we've got this, uh, you know, this stuff, this, you know, these crazy kids on Yelp, right? It's, it all should be valued equally and be represented with sort of the opportunities around quality improvement, service improvement. I always talk about this to people because, uh, you know, we have a transparency committee and um, we're trying to sort of develop this transparency roadmap. And I always have to sort of take a step back and be like, this is tough for physicians, you know, because they're getting rated by name, right? Mm -hmm. And no one's doing that. Rob Bergfeld, how good is he doing a job on, you know, I hate the Anova website and, they're blaming <laughs> Nova, not not Rob Bergfeld, right? And that's right. that would be really challenging. And so I, I understand oftentimes why there's defensiveness because they're you know it's almost they're talking about them as a person sometimes, and that's that's tough. And so in a lot of ways, you know the the healthcare space and and provider space is really cutting edge on that front because it is down to the individual level, and it, that's part of the reason why I think it becomes a lot more you know, provocative and, you know, sometimes contested. One other thing that I'll add to what advice I'd give to people is, you know, also 
make sure that, that, that when you're having these discussions, it's both an ideological discussion, like the, the, you know, the idea of being transparent, which I think mm-hmm. most of us can agree upon, but it's also, you know, all of the SEO benefits and in terms of like actually driving business results, that's the other side of it. There's a lot more strength in that argument than just one or the other. Rob, this, this has been an incredibly enlightening and interesting conversation. I really, I always enjoy talking to you. And um, I want to thank you so much for participating and being part of our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a, it's a, it's a hell of a way to drive home, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, could you tell people, like, where they can find you online? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm on Twitter, Rob Bergfeld. Um, I, I, I mostly post about um, uh, good cheeseburgers, but uh, occasionally I'll, 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 I'll delve into healthcare marketing. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, you know, you know, I guess, you know, LinkedIn, you know, check us out on Anova.org and all of our third party properties, right? We're, we're happy to, happy, happy to boast about that. Um, but, but yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. I've actually never been on a podcast. I've listened to plenty of them. So, hey, now, you know, there, there you go. There's uh, there's another bucket list item checked, right? There you go. So all, all the listeners, make sure you go online and rate Rob on how he, how he performed today. <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. I look okay. forward to that. Well, here we are coming to the end of our third podcast read, and I think it went pretty well this time. We uh, just scratched the surface on online reputation management, uh, pulled out an article that we found, uh, talked a little bit about the importance of, of online reputation management compared to the patient experience and some of the challenges there. We uh, faced off on whether we should be doing that on our own website or on some third-party websites. And then we really got uh, into a good conversation with Rob Bergfield um, about some of the stuff that he's doing at Innova, which is pretty cool. So um, what do you think? How do you think it went, Reed? It was great. Probably could have gone twice as long. So uh, if you're still listening at this point, I certainly appreciate it. So. Yeah, we both appreciate that. And to that end, right, if we want to go deeper into any one of these topics, which we can, let us know. Give us some feedback. Uh, Share with us on Twitter or on LinkedIn or Facebook, wherever you hear about this. Uh, Give us feedback on some of the stuff that you'd like for us to hear. Okay, getting near the end here. And we always end our podcast with a good recommendation. And we're going to let you start first, Reed. Tell us about one of the recommendations you might have. So... To this point in our long history of podcasting, I've only uh, recommended things that are digitally uh, consumable. Uh, I'm going to go kind of like you have um, the last couple of weeks. I'm actually going to recommend a pen. Uh, I actually asked on Facebook, I think about a week ago or so, for people to give me their recommendations of their favorite writing utensil. Um, This is mine that I've uh, kind of enjoyed here recently. Uh, It is a Micron zero zero five so very very i mean very very um thin point i I prefer it in blue i also like the green but we'll put a link to them but anyway it's a very very cool pen Uh, a lot of designers use obviously and and illustrators and things like that but um Hmm. that's my recommendation 
Very cool. I always like a new pen, and I appreciate that. I mean, I kind of fancy myself a designer, which is related a little bit to my rec- my recommendation this week, which is uh, you went offline. I'm going online this week. Uh, it's a show I saw on Netflix. It's called Abstract: The Art of Design, and it's uh, one of these like eight to nine part um, mini shows where it goes deep into different types of designers. Could it be, uh, it could be typographers. There was a shoe designer, a person who designed um, cars, architects. And I really think um, it inspires me a lot into, it gets into design theory, into design principles. And, you know, I like to think of ourselves when we're doing digital and when we're helping organizations with digital, there is a design to this. And so unifying this together in sort of an overall design principle, I guess, is the right way to say it. Um, it was really cool. So anyway, highly recommended. Definitely worth watching. I saw I saw that I saw that pre or I saw that, I guess, advertised uh, last time I logged into Netflix. I have to check that out. Sounds interesting. All right. Well, there we go. Episode three in the can. Read um, another great episode. Really appreciate your participation. And we're going to do more of these. Episode four is coming on its way. We have a lot of topics set up for future discussion. We've already been kind of mapping out some of the things that we're going to dive deep into. But, you know, we always would love to have feedback from our audience. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, And, uh, you know, maybe even hit us up to see if you want to be interviewed for a future podcast. We have a lot of topics that we really want to cover. And I tell you, this, the sort of the well of digital is pretty deep for hospitals and health systems so anyway um so check out episode four uh coming to the same place where you found this uh episode three and until then everyone have a great day till next time